Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast, the only podcast that brings you the stories of all of the great entrepreneurs and leaders from our city every week. And this week, Josh and I are talking with Nils Root. He's a partner over at the Drive Capital team, and Nils has a great story. He's an entrepreneur, founder of his own business, and leapt from that business to the Drive Capital team. Nils has a lot of great insights. He also runs his own podcast called Differential. If you guys want to go check that out, we highly recommend it. We hope you guys enjoy this episode, and as always, we hope you learn a lot. Before we get to that episode, though, as usual, we got to take a quick moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to work with like-minded businesses to raise money and participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunity for youth in our community. To learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That's smallbizcares.org. .org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Congress. Let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Nils Root joining us, and Nils is a partner at Drive Capital, one of the most influential venture capital firms here in the Midwest and the country, and before joining the team at Drive Capital, Nils founded Bookbag Video, a commercial video production agency he started after graduating from Ohio State. He's also the third former president of the Business Builders Club at OSU that we've had here on the show. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Nils. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. I'm really excited to have you here today and talk about everything you've got going on. And I guess, so one of the first places we like to start is just talk a little bit about how you got to Drive Capital and the founding of Bookbag Video, maybe life before all that. What led you down this path? Sure. 
let's see where to start. I guess I always like to start that I'm from Mansfield, Ohio. I'm a TY Tiger, graduated from senior high. I feel like that is a huge part of who I am just because um, that was, a I feel like, a, kind of a unique experience compared to growing up in Columbus or other parts of, of Ohio. Mansfield is uh, is a great place in a lot of ways. So that's where I'm from. Came to Columbus, kind of the quintessential Columbusite story where I came here for Ohio State. Studied, I mean, this is kind of a funny twist. I studied finance. I hated it, but I, I realize I say that and I now work at a venture capital firm, but in a roundabout way, I ended up back in finance. But So I studied finance. I uh, was really involved, as you said, with, with um, entrepreneurship stuff early on with the Business Builders Club. That really, I feel like, was my um, I don't know, collegiate experience as far as like learning stuff, like the people that are in that club is just a lot of like-minded folks who got together, ate pizza, drank beer and talked about startups and technology and stuff. So what drew you towards that? You know, I always knew that I wanted to kind of do my own thing. Fourth grade, I had an issue with a teacher and in fifth grade, I had another issue with a teacher, not like, you know, being a jerk or anything, just like kind of like not falling in love with authority. Um, and then I always was doing business stuff. I mean, I sold t-shirts in high school. I sold it for a club at the time, but um, I was always having these little ventures, whether it's mowing grass or, or whatever. And then it just didn't, never stopped. And I learned about the club and I was like, if that club exists, you know, there's a club for everything in Ohio State, um, but it really is an exceptional uh, student organization. And I'm like, man, if that exists, I want to be a part of it. And I went, and I was not disappointed. I remember the first meeting I went to, it was uh, Will Schroeder spoke, and there was a lot of great speakers, but Will gave a, gave a great talk uh, my freshman year. I was like, I'm in the right place. You know, you know that feeling when you're just like, this is this feels right. So that really was my experience. Finance wasn't for me. I didn't apply for any jobs after uh, graduating um, from Ohio State and Fisher College of Business, but I actually went and um, uh, I had an idea for a startup that was video-based, I, th I thought there should be a website where people could understand their career options through video because I felt like I ended up in a, a major that wasn't right for me because you know you have to pick a career early on. I was like, man, if, there, if only there was a resource where you could learn what it was like being uh, an accountant versus a mechanical engineer versus an early childhood educator or whatever. And I just wanted to create that because I wish it existed. And that was called Heyo. It stood for Here Are Your Options. And I created a lot of videos, and it took on a lot of different forms and a lot of different iterations, but I never really cracked the business model for it. But as a result, I did learn video. So like my joke is like I didn't help anybody else understand their career, but like I found what mine was. And uh, you know, I learned video production in that process, and I was like, well, I, my startup didn't work out, but I'm tired of busting tables at Marcellus, although that was a great job at the time. I think I could make videos for companies and get paid for it. And I did a free video for Justin and Danielle at Adept Marketing. They were nice enough to let me experiment with them. And they had me back the next week and said, hey, if you uh, do another video and do it this way, like now that we know that you like are capable, um, we'll pay you for it. I was like, oh my God, okay. And then I did that video and then I, I just kind of shipped that video around, um, sent them to a few companies in town and I, w I had a pretty high hit rate. And it was like, it was like a, July, I think, of, of, you know, being a year out of school, like a full year. And I, and I, I remember selling like $6,000 of work while I was busting tables. I was like, man, I bet if I was doing this full time, I could really like do this. And I just made the jump and went into a little bit of debt, you know, making that transition. But, you know, long story short, or maybe long story medium, um, I, for seven years, I ran book bag video. 
the the concept of, uh, of the brand, at least at first, was all of my gear fit into a book bag. That would eventually change as we bought more equipment and stuff. And um, I would I would eventually, you know, I, I moved through a couple different business models with the agency. Um, I, I obviously started as a freelancer, and then I hired full time folks, and then I, I really learned through trial and error that you know, I, I really wanted to be an independent producer. So my last couple years, I was on my own and really like what a general contractor is for building homes, I was for, for content. So I would sell all the work. I was really good at um, understanding what the client was looking for. I would sell the projects and then I would bring on the 1099 production folks to execute on, on the projects. And that was a lot of fun. And I guess to you know get catch us up to where we are now, Eventually, I was approached by Drive Capital, and they said, uh, we'd like to do this like video series where we tell success stories about people in the Midwest, because Drive's whole thing is like, you know, there's awesome things happening in the Midwest, and it's just undercapitalized. If only there was like more capital here, you know, venture capital, even more great things would be happening. We just need to tell these stories about all the great things that are happening in the Midwest. So like, let's have this, this um, you know, book bag video, make this video series. And I was like, guys, I think what you're actually describing is a podcast. And they were like, great, could you do us a, a podcast for us? So we figured it out and I ended up producing a podcast for them as a, as a vendor-client relationship. And that podcast is called Differential. I don't mean for this to be a shameless plug, but it is. And uh, so we interview people with success stories in the Midwest, um, very similar to, to your guys' show. And eventually we that relationship just grew and they had an opening for a marketing partner position at the firm, and I was. They asked me to, to throw my name in the hat, and I did, and, and it worked out. And um, I've been with Drive since January of this year. So, if my kids are listening to this, it's uh, 2019 right now. I don't have any kids, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's been awesome. Uh, v- venture capital is an exciting exciting place to, to work because you're always learning about new companies and new technologies and then the work the specific work that they want me to be doing is really exciting i mean brands are this ball of clay and i have an awesome ball of clay to work with uh, drive is a great story so, so far you know knock on wood it's been pretty successful and it's got a lot of exciting stories to tell in our portfolio companies and i get to you know mold that ball of clay and, and i have a lot of fun doing it we have a like i said a podcast we have a couple video series now we throw a big event, Duvall's Dance, which is a robotics and automation summit uh, in October. Another shameless plug. And PR, which is something I'm learning but also enjoying. So, uh, yeah. There's a lot there to unpack. Let's. So we've gone over <laughs> quite a few It's things. been great coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I was. was uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. No, but I think there's a lot of. Uh, so, so within that story, right, there's a couple key areas that I had a couple questions on I mean the first one for me was what didn't you like about finance I think I'm actually I don't have a problem with the subject I I didn't necessarily dislike my classes I think I just got terrified when I started to realize the career trajectory I was on because I wanted I mean I got into finance and I think a lot of people can relate to this when they think back to why they picked their first major you know I picked going into business and finance for reasons that like aren't even that good of reasons to, to pick business and finance. Like I was okay at math and I wanted to make a lot of money, which is okay, fine. There's better majors for if you're interested in math and there's better ways to make money than um, going into finance. And, and I think ultimately I realized I didn't want to take a job at a Nationwide or a Huntington or a Deloitte. And I really wanted to, to be working in a more, I don't think I knew that I wanted to be in a creative field. I just knew that this field wasn't for me. 
And it wasn't until I started really playing around in, in the content space that I really found that like, oh, this is actually, this feels right. Kind of like, you know, when I was going to the Business Builders Club meetings, like, oh, this feels right. And you, you know, when you find something that feels right, you know, stick with it. So yeah, I, I'm glad that I kind of trusted my gut and I'm glad that I graduated too because there was definitely a time where I was like, why am I even doing this if I don't even care? Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I graduated. So, but yeah, the, the numbers, things are fine. And I'm, I'm really glad that I have that background now working in venture capital because when, I don't know, the present value of money gets brought up, it's not completely over my head. But yeah, if I could do it over again, I probably would have picked a different major. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And I actually think that I probably got a bit more value out of the experience than I probably give it credit. But um, yeah, as far as like career trajectories, you know, Fisher College of Business is really, really good at gift wrapping you a certain type of job after college. And if you're looking for that type of a job, there's not many places better in the country than Fisher. But if you're not looking for that type of job, well then, you know, it's not Fisher's fault. And you know, you tried your best, but um, you gotta go in a different direction. Hey there, Conquerors. We're gonna take a quick break in the show here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Mix Wonders. Creating a podcast is a ton of work and a lot of heart and soul goes into your work and that's why you want your audience to have the best listening experience possible. And that's why we work with Mixed Wonders. Mixed Wonders is an agency that helps podcasters like us get the most out of their audio. And whether you're spending four hours mixing your podcast each week, or you just can't seem to get the level of quality you want out of your audio, Mixed Wonders makes it super simple to get pop star level audio at a low price. For a limited time, they are offering to mix your first episode for free so just go to mixwonders.com, that's M-I-X-W-O-N-D-E-R-S.com to sign up for a free mix or consultation. Save time, sound professional, Mix Wonders. So take us back to the early days of Bookbag and, and talk about the challenges that you faced when you decided to finally make that leap from Marcello's. Uh, you knew you were kind of on your own, full go, and you're probably, I'm assuming, still exploring what different business models you'd take moving forward. So can you think back to then and, and what was difficult about that time? Yeah, I think what's difficult when you're starting out on your own with something is that your friends are moving at different speeds. And I can remember, you know, bussing at Marcella's and having friends who were a year or two out of college and coming in and being like, oh, what are you doing here, Nils? And it's like, oh, I'm working here. And they're like, oh, okay. Because, you know, you, yeah, finance 721 with them. And, uh, but, you know, that was like, my way of making money while I figured it out. And I will always recommend taking a job like that. And, and specifically, Cameron Mitchell Restaurants is a, is a great opportunity for folks in Columbus and even outside of Columbus to work in a great organization and see what it's like to, to, to work inside a, a organization that has a healthy culture. So that was tough. But, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that was so cool that I was doing that. But, like, in the moment, it was definitely tough. And then... I think eventually it's just out of necessity you figure it out. And I did put a little bit of pressure on myself. Like I didn't let myself learn the menu so that I could be a server or bartender because I didn't want to get too comfortable. I thought that if I made more money that I might just like stop trying to figure it out. So um, my boss at the time was awesome. Jen Rossi, she's out in Napa now because she's a rock star. Uh, but she wanted me to serve. And I was like, no, because then I like would probably be good at it. And then I wouldn't want to like figure something else out. And fortunately, I just kept tinkering around with video. And, you know, something I would say, and I, and I talk about this a lot, is that I learned everything on YouTube. 
And I think that's an amazing experience to go through. And I would recommend everybody learns a skill on YouTube because it's a really empowering experience. Like I, I feel like we should make every 12 year old learn a skill on YouTube because once you do that, like maybe you guys learned how to do be, uh, be podcasters uh, on YouTube. Like once you do that, you realize like you can learn almost anything on YouTube. It's scary and, and, and awesome. Mm -hmm. So then it's just like, well, what do you want to do? Cause you know, you can figure out how to do it, whether it's, you know, learn a new programming language or, you know, play the piano or cook or whatever. It's all, it's all out there. So once I started learning that I like, I, I could be like a, you know, a C minus type of um, video producer. Well, then I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this until I'm, you know, an A minus and an A and doing my favorite type of work. And I, I just always found that if I had a question about, uh, you know, a type of piece that I wanted to make, I could Google it and probably find an answer. And that was, that was a healthy um, thing to learn. Yeah, I think it also teaches you just that resourcefulness, right, of, hey, I've got to go learn something on my own. Like, where am I going to find this material, right? It's kind of like that lesson you get every time your teacher's like, well, you got to go do your own research, right? It's the same concept, but we're using the internet and YouTube to go figure out how to do something. So, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I learned how to use this thing all on YouTube, right? And we ordered it. This is what you should use. All right, here's how you mix it. Here's how you turn it on. There were certain things that you had to do to get the SIM card ready to go. Sure. And, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it wasn't that complex, but... And you still have to do it. I mean, right. nothing will replace, like, turning that Zoom recorder on mm -hmm. and, you know... I'm sure you've botched a interview where like you didn't hit the record button or something. Or you forgot to check the, <laughs> right, uh, the right. SIM card to see if it was had too much memory on it or not. Or right. ran, or, it, ran it over in a Ford Explorer. Ran it over. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. You don't, you don't find that, that on YouTube. Story. Hold on. I, yeah, we don't, need, we don't need to get into that. Here, no, on this I'm, one. I'm here for it. Let's hear it. Well, basically, I mean, the short story is I am a little bit scatterbrained at times. And I was going to pick someone up from the airport. I set my book bag down to close the door and didn't pick it back up and then backed the Ford Explorer right over the book bag with my MacBook and all of our recordings mm -hmm. inside of it. Mm -hmm. He thought it was, it was one of those brother. tire blocks, you know, those bricks? Yeah. It was a little there. devastating. It was didn't, pretty bad. Didn't work. I don't uh, think I've ever been more upset with myself at any given time. Well, let you know, misery loves company. Let's go there. Um, I was at, you know, this is like in my first year of, of book bag, and I had a video shoot at a dentist office out in like uh, Westerville, um, cause you know, you start with dentist offices in Westerville and I got done with the shoot. I go to my car and I put my book bag in and I, I'm meeting my, my mom and a friend, one of her friends down the short North for dinner. And I get to the table at the restaurant and mom was like, how was the shoot? And I, I like a pit in my, like, you know, that feeling I was like, Oh shit. Can I cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh shit. And she's like, what? I was like, I just remembered that I set my camera on top of my truck and I never, I don't remember ever taking it off. And it's just one of those things where it's like, what do you do? Do you even go back and look for it? And uh, I can't remember if I went back and looked for it or not. Luckily, I had taken the SD card out, so I didn't lose any footage, but uh, lost a camera and a lens. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't an expensive camera back then. It was probably like, you know, 800 bucks, whatever, but geez, like you, that's, you know, you live and learn. It's that, that lead weight in the bottom of your stomach. That's yeah, exactly the feeling you. I had as soon as the, as soon as I heard the, and I went, oh, you're like, well, first of all, 
your first thought was like, did I run over a person? So it's all relative. Right. You didn't run over a person. It was a garage, so I definitely didn't run over a person <laughs> unless like my I could have been the family dog. That would have been worse. So, yeah. um, but we've kind of gotten sidetracked on this story here. So I guess, you know, once you join the Drive Capital team, right? So we talked a little bit about kind of growing book bag. And, and once you get to the point that where you join Drive Capital, what have you been doing since then? Like, what are some of the things you're working on currently? What are some of the key initiatives you're doing day to day now? Yeah, so I think Drive did this the right way, where they didn't want to start the firm, which started around uh, 2013. They didn't want to start the firm, and, and before they've made an investment or, you know, more importantly, had success with investing, start telling everybody about themselves. They wanted to have a track record, and they wanted to have stories to share. And, you know, by you know the end of last year, 2018, they felt like they were ready to start sharing those stories. And when I joined, my whole strategy with Drive is like, you know, and this is where you want to be as a marketer. You want to be in a place where the product behind you or the service behind you or whatever you're out there to promote and, and tell folks about is good so that, you're, so that you're in a place where all you're doing is sharing good news. And if, if I weren't working at Drive and I was, and I was you know, marketing somewhere else, I, I would have to find some place that I would feel like the product or service that I'm standing on is a good thing because then you just have the confidence to embody that message and, and really feel like you're helping people by sharing the work that's being done by your organization and, and drives giving me permission to be the, the steward for that message and, and our brand. And it's, it's been a great experience so far. So it's really three buckets. It's, it's content, you know, you know, this is stuff that we're making. So podcasts, videos, um, it's PR. So content that other folks are making about us and then the third would be events and our and, our, and right now it's really just one big event that we throw uh, in the fall of, like i said our robotics and automation summit devolves dance um, which tickets are available devolvesdance.com so i would say i started with the permission from chris and mark and, and the rest of the team to say look just be a sponge just before you start talking about us learn about us just sit in meetings and ask questions and there's no such thing as a stupid question and you know just just soak it all in and uh he also gave me this awesome project where before you start you know trying to build our brand why don't you find out what our brand is so i called every co-investor we've ever had i called folks members of the media i called entrepreneurs I called anybody who I wanted to who was in the drive Rolodex and interviewed them. I mean, these are like really big time investors who entrepreneurs would love to have the time. I just told them what I was doing. I'm doing a brand audit for drive capital. I want to hear what you think about us. I'm a new, the new marketing guy. And people would let me call them and just talk to them about drive. And I, and, and I got a lot of insights that way. And, and I would do that exercise um, at any other company that I worked at because it was, it was very helpful to really understand where we sit in the marketplace. And that was really helpful. And then eventually, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm just standing still. Can I just walk? And then they let me walk. And then, you know, went from walking to, to jogging. And now we're, I'm not running fast enough, it feels like sometimes. Um, and that's just because, you know, you start to figure it out. And you, we have a video series called Ask Drive Anything, uh, where we let folks submit questions. Anything you want to know about our startups, anything you want to know about venture capital, anything about anything. We try to be very transparent as a, as a firm and we answer those questions and it's been a series that's gotten uh, a lot of positive feedback and so we're doing that and we interview a bunch of people. We, had, we interviewed um, Jenny Brittenbauer on our podcast today and I know she's been on mm -hmm. uh, your guys' show and a couple of years ago and 
it's kind of weird that I'm actually a guest on a podcast because after watching Jenny do a podcast, like I was like, I have no business being a guest on a podcast She's a great because guest. she is just so good. Uh, so we have a podcast, we have a video series and then PR stuff, um, which is just making sure that, you know, different outlets are, are covering us and covering our companies. And um, I guess one other thing that, that um, I'm involved with, which I really enjoy, and this goes back to kind of my experience working with clients is, is helping out our, our early stage companies, um, whether it's get connected with agencies in town or, uh, you know, just understand what they need to be doing to, to connect with different media outlets to, to get their story told and, and helping those, you know, Root Insurance doesn't need me. Uh, they've got Kelly, who I know you had on the show, but early stage companies who these are engineers who have been focusing on developing a product for the past two, three years, and now it's like, okay, time to do marketing. They're like, what is that? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I really enjoy working with, with, with those folks too. So take me back a little bit to when you were having those conversations with co-investors. Do you remember at all some of the questions you would ask them or how you knew, um, what questions to peel the right information out of them to identify where you guys sat in the market? Mm, good question. What did I ask them? I, I, I think what I did was I was just very honest. I told them my goal of the conversation and then I would kind of ask one question and if they knew the goal of the conversation, I typically just needed to ask one question and they would talk for a long time. I then just you know synthesized that feedback into how folks viewed Drive and what folks knew about us and what folks didn't know about us just to, to do what, what uh, I was supposed to do, which is you know, do, take an audit of, of what the Drive Capital brand is. And, and, and it varies from constituency to constituency. I mean, there's people who are entrepreneurs, who are co-investors, who are RLPs, what have you. I mean, different people interact with Drive in different ways. And I think we're right now, I'm, I'm not taking credit for this, but um, there's a lot of reasons for this. Uh, Drive is starting to get more and more of, of mindshare um, in Columbus and the Midwest and hopefully outside of the region because we're making more investments. Our companies are becoming more and more mature and uh, you know it just takes time. So what did you learn from them? Uh, what did you walk away, I guess, thinking about Drive and, and what did you come to the conclusion on how you guys sat in the marketplace? I learned that there was a bit of a vacuum out there, that there was you know, either no information or misinformation. And vacuums just get filled with something. And that's where the misinformation would come, I guess. Um, and that was kind of my takeaway from this is like, you know, if folks are gonna be thinking about Drive or talking about Drive, let's, let's make sure that we're putting out content that tells a story and a narrative that we're able to shape and, and, and make sure is, is doing our work justice. And, yeah, so that's that's my job and continuing to evolve. But you know, no matter where you are, uh, content is king. And if you can develop a uh, a way to tell your story, or tell your client's story or your customer's story in a way that shapes your brand in a way that is helpful to you, you should be you should be doing that. It's not always cheap. It's not always easy. Um, sometimes you got to experiment and you put out content that isn't a good fit for what your audience wants to hear. But you know, that's the, the, the marketer's job is to run those experiments and, and find out what's a good fit. And um, yeah. It's interesting to think about that, like the, the concept of a vacuum where, you know, there's not an area that you don't you haven't put out any content, but people are still going to apply their thoughts and their, uh, give you a brand in that area. Right. Because you're playing like if you're in that space, but you don't have content 
there. Hopefully, I'm not butchering this. Is that no. kind of what you're what you're saying? Is if I don't have so like I've got my brand, for example, the podcast, right? Like if we're not putting out content on a particular topic, and again, I'm blanking on something related to podcasts, but people are going to fill that space with something. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Like you spend a lot of time looking for the holes there. Well, people are. It's one of two things. If you're not if you're not getting your story out there, people are going to tell their version of your story or people just aren't going to talk about you and you're just going to lose mind share. And I think for drive, I think a lot of folks know about us and I think we don't, I think the bigger risk for, for an organ organization, not like drive, you know, is, is that you just risk not shaping the story how you want to, you know, if you're a startup, I would say your bigger risk is people just aren't thinking about you. So, yeah, it's kind of two ways to look at it. But ultimately, I don't care if you are starting a new project company tomorrow or you're Nike or you're running for president or whatever. You've got to be putting out steady streams of, of content that resonates in order to shape that narrative and, and, and remain top of mind. What do your goals look like with the organization for the future and, and where do you see things going over the next three to five years? Like my specific goals or like drives goals? Uh, your specific goals and, and I guess drives goals as a whole as well. So I, I think my goal is just to make sure that everybody who we want to be aware of what we're doing is aware of what we're doing. Like I said earlier, like I'm in a position where I just want to share the good news. And we're taking a lot of swings in the Midwest and not for charity, but we think that the Midwest is the best place to start a tech company right now. And... I just want folks to be aware of that. And there's a lot of things associated with Midwest entrepreneurship. And we think we should be certainly towards the top of that list. So it's just a matter of making sure that folks are aware about the work that we're doing. And then, you know, Drive broadly, I mean, it's a venture capital firm. Drive wants to make smart investments. And then after you make the investment, that's when the real work starts. And we want to help our companies grow into billion dollar companies and um takes a lot of work and you know we're drive is still relatively young when it comes to what the long term is but yeah i i think I'll, the team at drive is, is super hardworking, super smart i feel like i snuck into like hogwarts or something it's just i work with really impressive people and you know we're definitely doing something that hasn't been done before as far as starting a premier venture capital firm in between the coasts but I wouldn't want to be doing it with any other group of people and um, I also wouldn't bet against us so it's an exciting time and uh, yeah I'm definitely looking forward to what the future holds and as things develop I'm excited to share those stories. Definitely. Well, Nils, I think uh, it's a great place to kind of pivot towards our last question of the show. And it's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that one for a podcast about entrepreneurs and uh, startups, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, how does it apply to your life and career? Live uncomfortably? Um, well, I think, to, I think back to uh, a book I read. Um, I think it's just called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she 
brings together all this research to show that there's like a grit index for people and grit is used a lot in the zeitgeist right now but i think she started uh, the trend and one thing she found is that there's research that shows like it, it's not enough to just practice something and expect to get better at it you can go run every morning it doesn't mean that you're going to get faster what you need is and i probably won't come up with the phrase that she comes up with I think it's deliberate practice. I think that's it. But you need to be pushing yourself in a way that's uncomfortable so that you're improving, so that you know, you're know you breaking down your muscles and they're getting stronger over time. Or if you're practicing the piano, you need to make sure that you're not just practicing the same songs over and over that you, that you enjoy playing because you know them, that you're practicing harder songs. And I think that you know living uncomfortably is what lends itself to improving yourself over time. That said, I don't like to be uncomfortable that often, but I think in, in the right areas that where you're trying to improve, I, I think that is where the improvement comes from. It's from um, pushing yourself to be in that level of discomfort. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, our coach in, in college called it purposeful suffering. Mm. Uh, and I think it's a good way to put it, but I, I really like that answer, Nils. And uh, we appreciate your time on the show, telling your story here and talk about Drive Capital. Any, any last words for the people of uh, Columbus? No last words. What, what did you play in college? So Josh and I both wrestled at Ohio State. Oh, you guys look like wrestlers. A little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, no no final words for me. I think what you guys are doing is, is awesome. I appreciate it. I mean, Columbus has so many great stories, and you guys have had so many on already, and I hope you continue to do this. And I, I, uh, it's, I feel like uh, a little bit out of my element being on your show, but I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Perfect. Well, those thanks a lot. And Conquerors, thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you want to learn more about Nose Drive Capital, any of that, check out the links down in the show notes. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to work with like-minded businesses to raise money and participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunity for youth in our community. To learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That's smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent. Through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state, and you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm gonna kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. 
you could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day choosing greatness greatness doesn't choose you you know you have to choose it and yeah it's hard I think there was a hunger in me there was a desire just to make a difference there was a desire to not just be status quo a desire to not be average this is conquering columbus